Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChumbaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Hello everyone and welcome along to a very special Friday night edition of the Live TII podcast. My name is Craig Derrick and I'm your host this evening as we start to look ahead or continue to look ahead, I should say, to Rangers versus Celtic in the League Cup final on Sunday afternoon. Tonight to go back over some of the, the key talking points of the week so far and then to look ahead to the game itself. I'm joined by Alex. How are you doing, Alex? Doing all right, mate. And yourself? Yeah, I'm good. Thank you very much. Looking forward to the game. And Kieran, how you doing? I'm doing good. I'm I'm doing good. Just a wee bit bored with it any midweek football, but now we've got an absolute cracker to look forward to on Sunday. So yeah, delighted to be here. Absolutely. It feels like it's been the longest week ever without any football going on in midweek. Even the Champions League couldn't really really wet my appetite ahead of the ahead of the game this weekend. Um, but it has felt like like the longest week so far. I think part of that has been down to the, the way that the build-up has been done for the game. Um, we had a weird situation at the start of the, the week, Kieran, where Ange Postacoglu and Michael Beal were pictured side-by-side yeah. at, at a media press conference. What were, what, what were your thoughts when you when you saw those pictures come through? It was strange, right, because I thought that that's how they'd done the press conference, but it actually wasn't. I only found out last night that that was only a photo opportunity that they'd done that for. Um it almost looked like stepbrothers where uh, Dale and Brennan were sat together. <laughs> and it's funny because there has been a wee bit of needle between the two managers. Like, I don't think for one second that there isn't respect between the two guys, but there's been a wee bit of needle between them. And just the body language of both managers, <laughs> it's just really weird. It was great, it was great for social media as in, like, all the memes and everything that went about, but... 
Nah, it was a bit of a weird one, but as far as I learned yesterday, that, that was only for a photo opportunity, and then both done their press conferences separately. I thought they were going to roll it out like some sort of boxing promo. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not sure it worked just as a photo opportunity. Never mind, had they been answering questions side by side, there'd been all sorts of uh, mind games going on. Um, I think there are, there are all sorts of mind games going on anyway at, at that point. Um, Alex, I, I did think that was a weird approach. Neither manager looked particularly comfortable um, in that situation. Um, it was just a weird start to the week, wasn't it? Yeah, it just felt like a bit of via play trying to drum up uh, drum up service, basically. I'm not sure uh, too many people are going to be watching a game and are going to be watching it via via play. I feel like there's going to be a lot of... Uh, dodgy streams and fire sticks and use in, instead but uh you know it got people talking anyway so i suppose they got what he wanted what they wanted you know regardless of uh what actually happened and regardless of whether it was actually any chat yeah absolutely and uh i think i think michael Beale's press conference at, at that stage of the week was probably one of the more tame ones and as we'll come on to discuss uh, and definitely come on to discuss fashion fashion sakawas comments anyway a, a bit later in the week um we're obviously we're two days out from the game kieran how are you how are you feeling at this stage of the week i'll be honest i'm looking forward to it like i know we spoke off air that nobody really looks forward to these games but both teams are flying it's going to make for a great game i really hope we're the ones that come out and top um Sakala seems to be the name in everyone's mouth. We'll get to that. But in terms of the game itself, we're in good form. I thought we were excellent the last time against them under Beal, albeit that they equalised from a, a sloppy goal. And it was almost their only chance in goal that game. Like There's no reason we can't come out the traps flying and really go for the jugular with them because we're a good team. Raskin looks a quality addition. So does Cantwell. I'm just not quite sure if he'll start but I think that's very much dependent on if we see Malik Tillman in the squad. Mm-hmm. But no, no, I'm, I'm I'm looking forward to it. Like it's a League Cup final. We owe them one for the last time. We definitely do owe them one for the 2019 final. So really, really hope we can get this one in the bag and another trophy in the cabinet. Yeah, Alex. I think I've been through kind of the typical old firm build-up week roller coaster of emotions in terms of. Mm. Thinking we're, we're uh, probably probably underdogs in this one, and gradually getting more and more towards we're going to win seven 0 in my head, um, but which is the stage I tend to get to in the morning before the game. How 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 has your week been? How have you been feeling about the game? What what are your what are your overall thoughts at this stage? I've actually uh, I've I've not been feeling it too much, which is weird because I work in a corner shop. So when I lay the newspapers out every morning, usually I'm seeing full front page, back pages about the build-up. So I've been making a conscious effort to keep the sports pages on their, on their back. So I've not been paying too much attention. So for my, for my own health, my gut's not churning yet, but it will be come come Sunday. So uh, not 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 too, uh, not feeling too much just now, but I know, I've, I, you know, when it comes to it, I will be for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Right, let's get stuck into some of the more controversial comments from the week then. Kieran, we'll start with you. Fashion Sakawa um, came out. He was his, his usual happy, confident self, I think it's fair to say. At the press conference, he, um, he called them the other mob, um, which didn't go down that well with those on the other side of the city. 
He also said that Rangers are a far better side and club than them. Um, I think we can agree on the second part of that one. The, the, the first part, I think, is probably up for debate if we are a better side than them than them currently. But I thought the reaction was interesting to those comments in terms of Rangers fans' reaction. Some people were obviously delighted that he was he was winding up the other side and he was he was um, he was getting under their skin, and others were saying that they didn't really like to see that kind of comment in the build-up that really do your talking on the pitch and 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 you can make those kind of comments afterwards. What side of that did you kind of land on with Fashion Sakala's comments? I can enjoy a carry-on in that. So the, I, I found it really funny at first, but see when it goes on, because I'm right in saying it was over two sort of press releases, where the first one was a press conference and the second one was, was that for Broadsheet or something, where it came out and they said, we're a better team, we know we're a better team, we'll show at the weekend. Like It comes across the nicest guy in the world, right? But... Don't get me wrong, someone should be pulling him aside and saying, that's just sheer stupidity. You're, you're making a rod for your own back there. And Do your talking on the pitch. I mean, this guy has shown some of his best football in a Rangers jersey against Celtic. So what is the need to come out and say such stupid stuff like that and just give them more and motivate themselves? Like you shouldn't need motivation, obviously, for an old firm game, but it's just really, really stupid and, uh, on his behalf. Someone's got to be having a word there. You see Borna Barisic doing his part of the press conference, talking of them as them. Right, that's fine. That's not going to make the headlines. But the way Sakala's done it, the media have like, Mark spat him out. And it's all about him now. And it really shouldn't be that way. If it was the other side, we'd be lapping it up. But I don't think if we won the game, we'd lap it up. But I think on their behalf, if they go out and win this game, it's, it, it's going to rub salt in the wounds. But it's just sheer stupidity. Someone's got to have a word there and maybe a wee bit of media training would be good. Yeah, I'm not quite sure I agree with the I guess the strength of the word stupidity. I think he's been a bit a bit naive. I think Yeah, yeah, yeah. More that, yeah. Yeah, I think he's I think he's maybe he's maybe fallen hook coin and sinker into the whole oh, we we don't like them and, and that this is this is how we should approach it kind of thing. I I don't necessarily think he, he he's done it as in terms of He's not understood what the reaction's going to be or, or anything like that. Um there's quite a few comments kind of I guess disagreeing or taking the other side of the of the coin from you, Kieran. I get Paul McGarrigal here saying why if he's constant then then nothing wrong. James Brady, we fear no foe, but they fear us. Uh Alex, what where do you fall on this one in terms of fashion Sakawa's comments and and uh, the comments we're seeing from, from listeners as well? I, I've got no problem with it personally. I mean, I know, obviously, I guess he might have, you know, uh, you know, made a rod for his own back, as you say. But we've got to go into every game knowing that we can and should win it. And he'll know that, you know, as much as anyone else. And at the end of the day, like, I feel like if it was someone someone staunch, like if it was Scott Arfield who come out and said that, then, you know, he'd be having a different, it wouldn't be, different debate I suppose because fashion Sakala is like he's, he's come into the league rather than having grown up in it you know I think it's a it's a different story but I'm you know I'm not too bothered about it and at the end of the day you know even if they get done you know and and they have something to say oh you, you how's that for another mob you know last a few weeks into the next old film we've still got two or three left to before the end of the season so you know there's still Dragon rights to be had come summer. So, yeah, Kieran, 
You mentioned that Fashion Sakawa's best games this season in particular tend have tended to be against against Celtic. Do you think he's he's just put unnecessary pressure on himself with the comments or, or do you think he's he's kind of known what he's doing, he's just confident and he's he's backing himself to, to perform on the pitch? He definitely seems like a confident guy. Um, I, I just don't like it when guys do talking before a ball's been kicked. I remember, like, it might not seem like the most similar um, comparison, but before Joey Barton came and he'd done a lot, a lot of talking and a lot towards Scott Brown, a lot towards Celtic. And let's be honest, Barton was more or less a failure up here and it then became egg on its face. So I'm all for doing the talking after the game and not before it, but... Listen, Sakala could be the difference between two teams. There's not a player on that pitch like him come the weekend. Um, just that raw pace of somebody that can run at people. And I think he knocked about 20 million off Juranovic's um, value the last time we played them and he completely turned the game on its head. So uh, you look at them, you look at them at fullback, um, Taylor at left back, and what's the Canadian lad's name again that they've got? Uh, John Johnston. Yeah, yeah Johnston. They're not great shakes, the pair of them. They're going to look to get forward. And defensively, they're both not great players at all. So, Sakala could be the difference in this game. And I just hope it's for all the right reasons. It could be he's a match winner. He gets in great positions as well. You look at the semi-final last year. You look away to them, I think. Did the game finish one each at Parkhead towards the tail end of last season before Seville? And then this season again, the second half just completely turned the game in its head. So, He's uh, he's going to be a key key player for us on Sunday. Yeah, I think I, I think he will be as well. Mm. I, I saw some comments saying it'd be funny if he said all this stuff and then he started on the bench. Um, <laughs> 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 so and he didn't really have the chance to, to sort of back up on the pitch. Um, Alex, how do you think? I guess taking it from a, a manager's perspective, how do you think Michael Beale? would have reacted to, to these kind of comments. I think Michael Beale's one that does like to talk in the media. Some people have said he potentially likes to say say too much and he's a bit too open or too transparent. How do you think he would have viewed those kind of comments coming from, from a player ahead of a game such as this? I don't I, I don't think he'll have uh, thought too much of it. You know, obviously he's he's well aware that anything can become a media storm when you're in the old firm kind of bubble. So if it wasn't that, it would have been some other comments splashed up in the headlines instead. So I don't think he'll be too mad. And I think, obviously, he knows himself and he knows the team and he knows the players and he knows their personalities. So he'll have taken that all into account beforehand anyway. So I don't I don't think he'd see too much wrong with it. Yeah, I think I'd, I'd probably agree with that one. I think it's it's, it's interesting because there's a lot of old school tactics that people constantly discuss in terms of managers sticking headlines up and dressing room walls and stuff like that. And I'm not entirely sure that happens anymore. I think players will be aware, both on our side and their side, as to what's been said. I think it's almost impossible to to avoid it, especially in the age of social media. Uh, Kieran, do you think that that's something that, that uh, the other side of the city might use as, as motivation. I, I guess they're coming into a whole from game the same as we are and you really don't need any extra extra motivation or any outside influences to give you that motivation, do you? It's something I think about which might be very different. Like you said, the newspaper thing's a bit old school, but do you ever think that like in the players' WhatsApps and stuff like that, they send screenshots in, like, check the state of this guy? Like... <laughs> 
that must happen. It must go on. Uh, 100% must happen. Listen, I've played for football teams all my years, and as soon as there's a wee bit of needle or something on Twitter, you, you tend to find your group chats completely and utterly filled with it. So I, I, I definitely think they'll be having a laugh about it and putting it about, and they will use it as motivation. Now, let's be honest, they will, but... Bill, um, in, in terms of Bill, you're saying like he speaks too much. I think he's been playing poker all week. He's completely bluffing them. The amount of times he'd, he's said the squad will be very similar to the Livingston game is unbelievable because he's trying to be convincing there. And doing that pressure at Hamden during the week, I think I heard that he did not. none of the guys have trained up until then. It's looking unlikely. But in actual fact, we had only had one training session and a day off since then, so it was very unlikely that they would have trained. So he'll be giving them all the rest that they need, and I thoroughly, thoroughly believe that we'll see Tillman or we'll see Lundstrom. I don't think they'll all be out. I think we'll look stronger come Sunday. Yeah, absolutely. And we'll come into the speaking about the injured guys and how we think that that they might fit into, I guess, the starting lineup or who will come in and who might who might sit in the bench from that perspective. Um, just I guess kind of pushing on from the, the Sakala reaction. They obviously. Obviously, got the the reaction that that we like to see from from pundits on their side. Chris Sutton piping up and John Hartson piping up as well, just with not showing us any respect. Blah blah blah. blah. And then in steps Barry Ferguson, who I absolutely loved as a player, um, and I just seen Alex roll his eyes there. So um, I guess I guess we'll have a get Alex's thoughts in a second. Um, <laughs> but he's I, I love Barry Ferguson as a player and. But he just he does himself no favours, and I think you see when how their ex players behave in the media and how much they um, almost big up their player and their team, and they've always got the Celtics back in every single way. And then you see how our our ex players are in the media, and they're always almost taking the opposition side, no matter no matter what way they are. I believe Barry Ferguson's comments, and I'm paraphrasing, were basically that we that Fashion Sakala should be shown more respect. In that regard, to them, um, I'm not sure Barry Ferguson showed much respect to them. To be honest, during his playing career, if I remember correctly, um, Alex, what did you make of Barry Ferguson's comments, and and what do you make of, I guess, Barry Ferguson's stance within the media? Uh, it, it it comes across as someone who's better, but they're not a member of the coaching staff or something. In, in a similar way to how you know Michael Stewart got passed over for a trial and he spent every year since trying to disparage us uh, in between his feuds with Craig Levine, I think Barry Ferguson, you know, he, he's just he's he's he was he was the Rangers man for a long time and now he's found himself on the outside looking in and I think you know he's obviously he, he gets a gig because he's. You know, important to the history of the club, but he's kind of clutching at uh, at straws whenever he's he's on he's on the radio or telly or whatever. I think he's just uh, trying to find some relevancy in the media. Doesn't uh, it doesn't worry me too much because uh, I've got no time for him as a pundit anyway. So uh, you know, he's just gotta. It is what it is. Yeah, I think there was the reaction to it was interesting. And um Keenan, I know we spoke a bit a bit before we came on air and, and you have got your own view on it, which now I'll keen to come and get that in a second. Just a couple of sort of reaction tweets that I, I sort of picked up. So 
We had uh, Kempamodo one said Barry Ferguson says to Kyla should show them more respect. They can't even say our name on their website or at AGMs. Lennon, Griffiths, and Brown were a disgrace towards us. They, they, they constantly bash us, and then he uh, he tells Barry to just disappear. In a, in a much more derogatory way than I just said it. Um, <laughs> and then we had uh, Bruce E said, uh, Barry Ferguson has went from someone who epitomised everything it is to be a ranger uh, to an he says to an absolute cock, effectively. Um, my favourite all-time player growing up, now I can't stand the man. Um, what What are your views, firstly, on what Barry Ferguson said after the Sakawa comments, and then secondly, more on a more wider point in terms of how Barry Ferguson's been in, in, in the media since he since he retired. Yeah, I, I I do slightly agree with his comments. I don't know if he's if he practiced what he preaches there. Um, like you said, Craig, like I don't think he gave them too much respect at times. But I, I I do kind of agree. I think he should just go out, have your normal press conference, get it over and done with. Don't give any sound bites or headlines. Don't give them any ammunition. So. I'm on the boat with him there a wee bit, but in terms of Barry Ferguson, since he retired as a Rangers player, if you remember him when he was at Rangers and the whole only an excuse thing about how sort of damp and boring he was, like, would anybody really listen to Barry Ferguson if he just said what everybody else was saying? So he's trying to make a bit of a name for himself, and here we are, we're talking about it, so it's working. Um, do I like the way he goes about it? Probably not. But at the same time, like when you talk about guys like Hartson and Sutton, would we really entertain cheerleaders at our club? I mean, these guys are like the bottom of the pit when it comes to media. I mean, when Viaplay sort of announced their pundits for the weekend, we had guys like Brian Loudrop um, on it, and across their board, they had Hartson and Sutton. And it's pathetic. Nobody wants to listen to these guys, even a lot from their side will say, I wish they'd keep their mouth shut. So in terms of Ferguson, he's meaning he's meaningly trying to be controversial. Whether or not he believes what he's writing, I don't know. But I don't know. I'm I'm not all for cheerleaders for the club. I've never been that type of team. I, I like the open honesty, but sometimes in Ferguson's case, I don't know if it's merited and I don't know if he believes the stuff that he's writing. He's just trying to make a bit of noise, in other words. Yeah, Alex, I think Kieran makes a fair point in terms of we never want to listen to what Hartson or Sutton uh, have to say, but I think they do, what they do a very good job is winning the the narrative battle in the media, especially in the build-up to games or after games where there's been controversial incidents. Um, they very much swing the tide in, in Celtic's favour in, in many ways. Do you think that's something that, that we miss from our ex-players? Not really. I mean, obviously, you know, we're not, you know, it's not a dictatorship. We can't, tr you know, send out texts to all our former players and get in here and say this. And I think, you know, jo John Hartson and Chris Sutton, they do what they do because it pays for them to do it because they clearly can't give up the, the green dollar, as they say. I, you know, Barry Ferguson, you know, if he's happy, he's happy to say we once. I've got no problems with that, but you know, it doesn't really. I, I I'm not going to be paying attention to what he says. Just the same as I don't pay attention to the uh, the other lots weird group of cheerleaders either. So it's just, you know, any uh, pundits in general, like if it, ex player or not, like when it comes to talking about the old firm or 
Scottish football in general, the, the opinions, you know, are about the same as what the opinions you'd find off anyone else. I'm not really too bothered who says what or what's said by who, you know. Uh, at the end of the day, it's 90 minutes on the pitch. I don't think Barry Ferguson will have an impact on it in any way, you know, as much as people would like to believe. No, that's that's just me though. I don't really, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't think um, Todd Cantwell sitting there paying attention to to Barry Ferguson's comments by by any stretch of the imagination. So I don't <laughs> think I don't think that's going to impact that. So I guess that's we've spoken a lot about the talking that has been going on off the park. Now let's look forward to Sunday and the the talking that will be done on the park. Um, both teams go into the, the game in a good run of form. Kieran, there's not been much between them in the last, um, basically since Giovanni Van Bronckhorst was, was sacked. We are 16 games unbeaten. I think they're on a, a very simple, I think we're almost, um, we're, we're nose for nose with them in, in terms of, of that. It feels like we've built up a real a real mode of consistency in, in, in recent games. Does that, I, I imagine that does give you a lot of confidence going into going into this game, and you do feel it will, it will be a good game against two two teams in form. Hundred percent. I think as well, you're saying that it looks like we've built up consistency. We look like we look like a team that believe again under Bill. We look like we believe we can go into every game and win it, whether it's untidy or whether it's with that nice flowing football that. We're not watching the horseshoe again, and we're not watching a million crosses since Bills came back in. Being honest, we've not been a hundred percent convincing in games. We've maybe not hit the ground running the way I thought we would in terms of Bills style of play. But we've seen flashes of that away at Hearts. We've seen it come back, and I thought we were excellent last weekend against Livingston. I'll take three 0 away to Livingston any day of the week. So coming into this, we're in a good, good streak of form. Um, if, if we turn up with a disdain against them that we want to fight for every ball, then I think we'll be fine. Um, it would do us a favour to have some of the injured players back, which I think we will. But in terms of the squad that we've got, we've got a stronger squad than the last time we played them as well, two quality additions. So I'm really looking forward to it. I, I fancy our chances. Mm-hmm. It's going to be close. It's not going to be a rout. Let's be honest there. Both teams are flying. Both teams are confident. I think it makes for a great advert for Scottish football and the sponsors will be rubbing their hands that they've got Rangers and Celtic in the final and that Celtic's refereeing pressure got them there against uh, Kilmarnock in the semi-finals. So they're, they're lucky to be here. So let's put mm. them in bed on this occasion. Alex, I've seen a lot over the past week or so talk about Rangers, if they're going to win the Cup, need to replicate that performance against Hearts at Tynecastle. Um, that, I think, is our most complete performance that we've had. So far under Michael Beale, I think Livingston last weekend was probably second in that list. Other than that, we've tended to be 45 minutes of, of good football and then 45 minutes of, of seeming a bit disjointed. Do you, I guess, expect us to take a, a similar approach to, to that to that Hearts game? And do you do you think that having shown that we can play at that level and mm. being a probably, I guess, the best opponent we've played so far outside of... Celtic under Michael Beale that that we're, we can, we know how to play against against the, those tougher opponents. Yeah, I think so. I think obviously Hearts' problem against us was that they went all out trying to shake us in the first half, and we just found it easy to play through them. 
which you know is positive because it shows that we can play through an opponent that's going hell for leather, as they pretty well on Sunday. You know how they all all are about Ange ball or whatever. It's obviously it's just about scaling up to them having better players and hearts. But uh, it's it's promising anyway. But we've shown that we a can weather a storm. We've had a good uh, good run of clean sheets for a few games, bar the Partick Thistle game, uh, and we've shown that when we're on the front foot when we're in possession, uh, you know, we're easy to we easily slip our pressure and stuff like that. So I think it's um, that's probably the game that's going to be most slim, similar to tomorrow, albeit with a lower score because the quality and opposition's been heightened. So I don't, we'll see what happens anyway. Yeah, I think it'll be I think it'll be an interesting an interesting one. Kieran, one thing I noticed when they were doing all the press at Hamden at the start of the week. Was the pitch still looks very threadbare? We know how difficult um, the, the pitch was after the, the League Cup semi-final weekend when we and obviously we got we were in the second game that weekend and the pitch was was really cut up and it impacted it impacted on the style of play and and how the game kind of panned out. What how big a factor do you think the pitch could be on Sunday and actually could the fact that, it, that it's cut up a bit work in our favour? I'm not so sure. I think both teams like to play good football, get the ball in the deck and play. And I think it's an absolute disgrace that a pitch like Hamden is hardly ever used. I mean, Queen's Park don't even play on it anymore. Like there should be no excuse for the national stadium's pitch to look like that. I mean, Hamden in the first place is a monstrosity, and I don't know anybody that likes going there to watch a game of football, but in terms of, I cannot believe that the pitch is like this and I can't believe that's one of the things that came out the press conference at the weekend but I, I don't know there's not to be any rain I don't think between now and then as well which probably helps it a wee bit maybe the pitch will be dry I'm not so sure but it, it does help it a bit in terms of trying to get a wee bit of recovery in before the game at the weekend so I don't think it benefits anybody either side. I know for us, we certainly like to play football and they say, oh, it's the same for both teams, but both teams don't play the style of football that we play. So we'll just have to wait and see. Yeah, Alex, it's going to be it's going to be an interesting match-up in terms of styles of play. I think um, having watched Michael Beale's team take on Celtic on the 2nd of January, it did feel like after a, a bit of a a stop-start first half that we did take control of the game and that's under under Stephen Gerrard when Michael Beale was part of the, the management team we did always tend to have control in, of the of games against Celtic and we did tend to have have their number uh, under Giovanni Van Bronckhorst we looked at sixes and sevens a lot against their style and it, we, we seemed to struggle against it whereas it was interesting that that switch we saw in the game on the 2nd of January. Are you expecting more of the same as what we saw in the New Year game, perhaps even even slightly slightly more dominating from our side, or, or do you think it'll be a, a real 50-50 tussle? I, I think it depends on the players he goes with, whether the new two boys are thrown straight into the fray. Obviously, it can be quite disorienting, especially with the, uh, the hand and capacity. And, you know, as we saw last year's Cup semi-final, all the atmosphere came with it, but None of the players then looked shell shocked. I think uh, I think Raskin and Cantwell will be mentally tough enough for it. So I think it should be good. I'll be interested to see with the with the other mob if they if they go with uh, Matt O'Reilly or um, Aaron Moy in the centre of park. Because uh, O'Reilly just 
did not look up to it in the last the last old firm, but I think Ange probably likes him enough to keep him in anyway, uh, which could be a bonus. Obviously, him and Hatate they they were completely lost to midfield battle entirely in the last game. So uh, if we can keep that going, if Raskin, you know, he's shown to be an industrious presence, although he likes looking forward, if he can get in about them and whoever he pairs out, maybe it's Lundstrom, uh, you know, can kind of, if, if, if the midfielders can play at their best and we can win that, force them to the outside and get our players in past them, I think we could see a very similar performance to, what we had in the last game between the 30th and 70th minute where we were dominating and without the conceding. Yeah, Kieran, before we come on to talking about specific players and, and how we might line up and how, how the formation might take shape, um, I think in games against Celtic, particularly since Ange Postacoglu's come in, the key is keeping it no no or going ahead within the first 20 minutes. The worst thing you can do against Ange Postacoglu's Celtic team is to concede an early goal because we've seen in the past that they just go from strength to strength um, and in those ways. How important do you think it is to, to I guess, be in, their, be in their faces and and have that press right in those early stages, but also be secure at the back and make sure that, that no matter what happens, we don't concede an early goal? Oh, I 100% agree with you there in terms of the back four and McGregor behind them. I'm glad we've stopped playing goalkeeper roulette now because I think that full back five with Tavernier, Barisic, Goldson, Davis, and McGregor and goals have been absolutely solid. They've been excellent. I feel very assured with them as my back four. Goldson this season, I think it's slid under the radar, has been phenomenal since he came back from his injury. He's really, really been playing at the top of his game. And Davis has been a fantastic sign. And as much as we've all been pretty critical of Ross Wilson, Davis has been a very, very astute buy. In terms of the press, I think that's something I've enjoyed since Bill came back, that we are going and pressing teams high and we are going and doing that. See if we can stop them from playing out for the back and being more aware of them basically playing the game at 100 miles per hour because they like to take quick free kicks, they like to take quick throw-ins. If we're a wee bit more aware of that and we're on top of it and... And in these games, maybe sometimes you need to turn to the dark arts as well. We need to, we need to be on top of the game for this, and no mistakes because it's when we've played them at Parkhead, it's our own mistakes and our own doubtful that's that's killed us. So no, got up in their faces, get stuck in about it early doors, and let our back four and McGregor keep them at bay. Yeah, I think um, before we move on to, to talking about, cause I think the real discussion points and and the team are midfield to to front. Um, like you said, Kieran, I think the back five is always pretty much picks itself. Alex, I think one of the weaker, weaker areas, I think, has been the fullback area when we've played against Celtic previously. James Tavernier, I think it's been spoken at length as to he's not been in as good as good a form as he as he was last season and he's potentially struggling a wee bit more on that front. Uh, but I think actually the real weakness against Celtic has been the, the back post runs that Borna Barisic just hasn't been picking up and they've scored mm. quite a few goals from that. What are your what are your thoughts on on the full backs and do you think they might have to adjust that game a little bit just to make sure we are more secure at the back? Yeah, I suppose it depends on the profile of winger, but Syracuse, you know, if they go with a Maeda type who's just a running machine, but he's not really clinical. If they go with a Badu, likes to have a shot, you know, 
I uh, I think I, I'm, I'm not too worried. I think you know Michael Bealy's good at in-game adaptations to the style as well. I think obviously we saw the last game, although they scored first, we didn't allow them too many chances off the uh, off the wing. And as long as the, uh, the two centre-backs can nullify any central runs and they get help from the defence midfielders, it shouldn't be too bad. If we can force them to to be outside and not let them all interplay with each other close together on the ball, I think it won't be too bad. But it will require them all being at the top of their game and uh, uh, being more alert, especially Barisic, than he has been of late. Yeah, Kieran, one of the players you obviously highlighted was Connor Goldson, and um, he was obviously in his absence for post that Liverpool game. Um, it became more and more clear just how important a player he is for us. Um, in the game, I think one that's potentially thrown a wee bit under the radar, but more just because he doesn't do anything extraordinary, he's just really solid, is Ben Davies alongside Connor Goldson um, in, that, in the centre of that defence. What do you make of Ben Davies so far? And and, and how do you think he'll shape up in a, in a big game like Sunday? I've loved him, absolutely love him. The fact that he's left-footed as well. I remember when Gerald first came in with Bill, how long we searched for that left centre-back, that left-footed centre-back for. And it really gives us a balance, knowing that we are a team that like to play out from the back. Having that guy that's naturally left-footed that left a centre-back really does give us the balance and we can go down either wing now as well. Um, I've seen that we're getting a, a wee bit of abuse here saying that they've saved Tavin Barisic from Curry Muncher in the comments. Um, I don't necessarily agree with that. I think as a back four, you've got to play as a whole, um, as a unit. And if I'm correct in saying I could be slightly off here, but we've had 10 clean sheets in the last 12 games. That goes for the full back four. And albeit Tav's not been informed, Barisic has been much improved under, under Bill, but... Ben Davis for me has probably been the best signing of the summer. He's he's been brilliant. He's really really good, and hopefully he's with us for a long time coming because we know we've got Goldson for at least the next few seasons. Yeah, absolutely. I think they built up a really really positive partnership. I think now in the summer they will continue to be the first choice partnership, and it'll be a case of building up the people behind them to make sure that they are of of good enough quality. Should one or two of them go injured again, then we've we don't end up in the situation we were in earlier this season with the likes of, of James Sands coming in to play centre-half or, or a young Leon King thrown into the Champions League as such. So um, I definitely think they've they've proven they are, a, they are a solid partnership and it's great to see them continuing to grow. Um, another couple of the, the new players, I guess, and there's been a few comments about um, Nicholas Raskin in particular alongside um, Todd Cantwell. Alex, how do you... Obviously, it's going to be their first experience of, of an old firm game. There's, um, you hear all the stories about people never quite realise what the atmosphere is like until, the, until they're in the middle of that. I guess Sunday is a bit is a bit different in itself because it is a, it's a genuine 50-50 split of the of the support. Um, and you've got, you've got both sides um, going at each other for a cup final. Um, how do you think uh, players like Nicholas Raskin and Todd Cantwell will handle that experience and, and do you think that they have what it takes to, to make a real impact on the game? Uh, I think so. I think they're both, uh, I mean, to get to this level of football, you have to have a certain level of mental toughness anyway. You know, Todd Cantwell, the first Premier League game, they go to Manchester City and win 2-1. You know, that requires, you know, 
against the champions, Manchester City at the time, for Norwich City. Uh, Nick, Nicholas Raskin, you know, he's he's playing for one of the biggest teams in Belgium, one of the most historic. And, you know, they haven't had a great run, but he's played in Europe from, he's played against the big boys of that league, you know, your club Bruges, your uh, Andalex for like, so, you know, they'll be used enough to having A, high expectations and B, you know, being up against it really in the mixer in games, you know, you know, a lot of, a bit, neither of them have played a lot of football this season, but they'll know what it takes. And I, I don't have any doubts as to mentally how they'll handle it. It's just if, uh, if they get unsettled physically in the game. Uh, but, I, you know, if they have support of the players around them, I can't see, see them doing too badly. Yeah, I think it'll be, I think Nicholas Raskin excites me a lot, to be honest, in, in particular. I think the the glimpses we've seen of, of what he can do and the fact that we we don't think he's fully up to speed as yet. He was obviously banished to the under-21 standard ways for a few months beforehand. So he is just getting that match sharpness up. But some of the... So in particular, some of his crossfield passing and the way he zips the ball into into feet of of players as well. It just and he's always pushing forward, which I think is a real positive because mm. we've seen over the last year or so, year and a bit, that our, our midfielders tend to like to go backwards and sideways and play it safe. They don't tend to to like to drive us forward, and I think that he's really offering us something something different from from that perspective. And I, I am genuinely excited um, to see him play, and I do. I do expect to see him start. Um, there's been a few comments just around the injured players. Alex, I know you've um, you, you read a report earlier on. I think I don't know if it was earlier today or, or previously in, in the week. But you read a report that suggests that the all the all three of Tillman, Wundstrom, and Jack will will all be fit and available for the game. Yeah, I uh, obviously, as I said to you, is Keith Jackson. So take it with a game of salt, but a game of salt, a grain of salt. Uh, <laughs> but uh, I, uh, you know, it's, it was back page for record, you know, so we'll see what happens. Obviously, it depends on your choice of uh, news outlet. Obviously, a lot of people don't like the record. I, you know, wouldn't claim to be their biggest fan, but uh, at least if there are some reports coming out, then, you know, there's a grain of truth to every lie. So we'll see what happens. Yeah, so but I think we we'll, I think that's useful to take into our our discussions about the about the starting lineup and mm. and, and that side of things. I guess for me, Kieran, one of the main mm. points of discussion is Cantwell or Tillman or both, um, and and that midfield. The way I probably see the midfield lining up would be Raskin with Lundstrom and then one of Cantwell or Tillman. I, I keep going back and forward between the two. Um, what are your thoughts on on that midfield area? Because a lot of the time, that is where the game is won. We know Celtic's most dangerous player is Callum McGregor, who's that deep wide deep wide midfielder, and we need to have someone who can who can sit in him. I, th- I, I actually think it'll be interesting to see if Raskin is the one that's put that's put to just kind of man mark him to give either Tillman or Cantwell a bit more freedom to roam around the pitch and cause a bit of havoc. What, what do you think of, of of that midfield and and how it's going to set up on Sunday? Tillman all day for me. Uh, I look back to the last Old Firm game, I think Tillman gave them headaches. It really was a pest. And I just don't think McGregor likes playing against that sort of, for the football manager buffs out there, Cam. (laughs) That midfielder that pushes on and he's now got to think of a guy getting in behind him rather than his own game where he can sit and sort of pick us off and get forward when he can. Mm. 
he's a good player. Um, but Tillman, for me, Cantwell was a fantastic player. He's great on the ball. He'll cause a lot of problems for opposition, but I just don't think he carries the same threat and goal threat as Tillman does. You look back to some of the most crucial points in our season, away to Aberdeen, at home to Hibs, um, away to Hearts as well. Tillman has been phenomenal. He's, he's been a great pick-up on loan. I, I hope, like every other Rangers fan, that we hold on to him. But for me, he would get the nod every day of the week at the moment over Cantwell. We've not yet seen the best of Cantwell, let's be honest, but Tillman's the man on form and I, th- I think it looks as if the game against Livingston was more of a rest than it was precaution or anything else because if, if I remember back, it looked like he was carrying an ankle injury against Partick Thistle. It came out that it was then a hamstring injury, but I don't know where Keith Jackson's getting that from. The training ground's been on lockdown. Um, for media and any staff or anything like that since the press conference midweek. So it is all very hush-hush. I love that side of things. It, it's the old throwback where there is mind games going on with the injuries. So for me, I think Tillman will be fit and I think he'll start, especially that we can use five subs now. He can take that risk. And to me, it's well worth taking because, let's be honest, Cantwell's a quality, quality player. So... If it doesn't work out, then we've got a strong enough bench to carry it. Yeah, Alex, um, Scott, Scott Cameron, our, our fellow podders, in agreement with Kieran, saying Tim when a fit has to start, his goal return means he starts 100%. What's your your thoughts on the, the Cantwell or, or Tillman discussion? Yeah, I think if Tillman's fit, he's got to start, not just because of his goal for it, because of what, you know, I feel like off the ball, uh, when they're in possession, he offers more. He's quite a dogged presser, you know. He, he has long legs and he can get around players and win the ball back. And he works a lot harder than a lot of people realize. I think Cantwell, his off the ball movement's quite good. He picks up good spaces, but when we're out of possession and it comes to tracking back, I think he he kind of he can have a tendency to you know run after the ball and watch the man it's going to, you know. Whereas Tillman is. He's quite uh, he's as intelligent off the ball as he is on it. So I think uh, he's he, for me he's the one who's got to play. He's got to play. Yeah, I think there's there's general agreement around around Malik Tillman's role in the team, and it's it's interesting, Kieran, how that switched from earlier in the year. He was um, for a period of time. I think he just lost his way a wee bit with, with stuff and people were calling him lazy and people were saying his work rate isn't there. And it's interesting to see how people's opinion has changed. Um, particularly, I think, since Michael Beals came in, actually, and how Tillman's um, input has is, is gradually made its way up again. Um, and I guess I guess it's it's a sign of just how important he can be for us in, in a big game like Sunday that, that people are... are, are, are um, Calling for him to, to be starting um in that in that important role. Yeah, when he first came here, I think he had only played like in his career. And bear in mind he's twenty years old. He had only played something. Is he even twenty? Yeah, he's 19, 20, yeah. 20, yeah. He was only in single digits for first team appearances. And I remember someone talking about um, when they squared the ball for Cholak against PSV. I think it was something like his seventh first team game now. He's a young guy. That sort of consistency in first-team football from a young guy is not possible. You need to learn and you need to adjust. And for him, he's learning He's learning at some rate and he's, he's becoming a better player game on game. And 
like you said there, and I couldn't agree more, under Bill, these are the type of guys that are going to progress and do better because he does have a track record of working with youth players and getting the best out of guys. Tillman fits that bracket to a T, and as soon as Bill came in, he was the first guy I thought of that would really improve under Bill. You look at guys like Ryan Kent, came in, wasn't very consistent when he started, got his feet under the table, and now then he really started to get going, and he's developed into a great player. So Tillman looks like he's going the same way. He's, he's improving week on week. Yeah, absolutely. So I think it's safe to say Tillman is expected to be in there, and we want to get your full starting lineups um, shortly. But before we do that, let's discuss a few of the talking points in, in the forward areas. I think... In particular, we know Celtic are going to push their defence up high. It's, it's how they like to play. They're not going to change that for a game against us, which means there's space in behind for players, particularly with pace. And like Keaton said right at the start of the, the pod, Alex, Fashion Sakala can be a real um, real option for us going in behind. Um, and Ryan Kent, I think, will be interested in this game as well, particularly with his the role that he now seems to have in the team in terms of the freedom that he has and he's not stuck out wide and he can roam a wee bit and it'll be interesting to see how that impacts the game as well. Would you expect, Alex, it to be Ryan Kent out left, um, Passion Sakala out right and, and Alfredo Morelos through the middle? Yeah, I think that's pretty pretty nailed on, yeah. Uh, unless, obviously, we do see Tillman and Cantwell playing at the same time which would put Cantwell out wide, but I think Sakala's owned his place in the side, especially in these games where he's got more space run into, uh, to run into and there isn't such an onus on having to break down a, a low block. I think he's, uh, he's he's super useful as an outball. I think it'll suit Raskin playing over the top to have someone who's playing right on the edge of the, uh, the offside trap, and that, I think it'll, uh, it'll suit him. Obviously, Ken... Morelos both undroppable at the moment. Morelos mainly because the strikers behind him are injured, but also because he uh, he he kind of plays he plays well all the time, and he's such a handful for every kind of defense. He, you know, they still haven't really worked out a way to defend against him. It's more you know if his own play drops, then it's easier to stop. But it looks like he's in a good uh, good moment right now. So uh, I think I think that front three's nailed on. Yeah. Yeah, Kieran, do you see any? I think obviously Fashion Sakawa was put up for the, for the press during the week, so that tends to suggest that he's going to be in the starting lineup um, for the game. Um, do you see any chance for a surprise out wide, potentially a, a Hadji coming in or a, a Scott Wright, or do you think it, it's nailed on to be Fashion Sakawa? Yeah, I think if we were to see a prize, uh, surprise, Alex said it, it would be Cantwell in for Sakala, but. Given what we've all said that they are going to keep a high line, they're not they've not really worked out how to cope with Sakala. So that pace is going to be crucial. Um but it's up to Sakala what he does with the ball and nobody really expects to know what he does with the ball. So I don't think he even knows. So yeah, we'll wait and see. I'm looking forward to seeing them up against them. He's it can be a joy to watch, and I think the best phrase that I've ever heard about him was that sometimes he's got to touch a world beater and sometimes he's got to touch a panel beater, and it couldn't be any more after. So we'll wait and see what what Sakala comes up. But everyone's talking about him for the right reasons. Let's hope he is the game winner for us. Yeah, absolutely. I think. Alex, given how Alfredo Morelos has been playing recently, I think he's he, like you said, he's, he's a stick on for for starting up front. But uh, Teddy Bears comes in and says 
Uh, can we trust Alfredo in, in this game or do we start with Cholak? I think you have to trust Alfredo Morelos in a game like this. I mm. think um, a, wee, a little bit too often for my liking, we've seen Antonio Cholak not really do anything wrong in games, but not contribute for, for large periods of games as well. And I, I do realise that he is he's a player that just needs one second mm. to, to, score, to score that goal, but you kind of need a wee bit more in games against against Celtic, I think, to, to add to the team and, and that play outside the box. Did you, did you yeah. comfortable with, with trusting Alfredo Morelos in this game? Yeah, I mean, say what you want about him. He has his faults, but he's, he never goes missing, for better or worse. He's always, you know, trying something, whether it's trying to start a fight or trying to start a move towards a goal. I think the way he can drop, uh, drop deep and pull players out of position and play those cross-field passes and have quick interplay with the midfielders. It's something that Cholak doesn't do, or at least doesn't do well. I think we find our overall play in possession uh, drops with Cholak, although our presence on front of a goal may increase. I feel like, I mean, if the state of play of the game, if we've got them hemmed back and we're kind of creating a lot of chances, the game might call for Cholak. But I think uh, when it comes to actually getting those chances created, Morales is probably the most vital player we have in that front three. So I, uh, it would take a lot for me to discount him. Yeah, Kieran, where do you stand on Alfredo Morelos, Antonio Cholak, and, and what's the best way to, to work it with them in a, in a game of this magnitude? I just wish that we had these striking options this time last year and we'd be sitting here as Europa League champions. I think the fact that we didn't go and sign a striker um, last winter cost us so badly um, towards the end of one of our successful, most successful seasons in years in terms of how it panned out. Um, but Cholak is going to be an exceptional sub to have at the weekend. They showed against Patrick Thistle, he got his goal when he came on. I think he also done all right against Livingston when he came on last weekend as well. So he's an excellent sub to bring on, but there's no way he starts ahead of Morelos. I hope Roof comes fit as well, because you know how dangerous he can be and there's been a lot of talk around how good a player he is. He's a phenomenal player and I had a discussion with my cousin during the week that I'd probably let him go at the end of the season whereas he said he'd love it if we kept him. If Kemar Roof is a player that keeps fit for 40 games a season then he's not playing at Glasgow Rangers. He's, he's technically outstanding and he's probably the best finisher at the club as well. So... Great options to have, and I hope Ruth's fit, but it'll be Morelos that starts. Bill would be off his head not to start Morelos. Yeah, I think I think that's fair. So I think we've kind of spoken through the main talking points in terms of personnel in the lineup. Alex, can I ask you to take us through your full starting eleven? Yeah, I think back five nailed on McGregor, Tav, uh, Goldson, Davies, Barisic. I'd go with. Uh, all being well fitness-wise, I'd go with Lundstrom and Raskin with Tillman on the right-hand side or as we're kind of roaming between the 8 and the 10, Kent, Fashion and Morelos. Yeah, I think I think I would have to agree with mm. that one. What about you, Kieran? Alex has just named it for me, so I think that's the one that everybody would go with. But I said that at the top of the show... I, it wouldn't hurt as much as it probably did if some of the key players were out because our squad is starting to look a lot stronger. It would help a lot to have at least two of the, the injured players back. But if Tillman's out, Cantwell comes in, I'm still confident they can get the job done. 
if Lundstrom's out, then Kamara would come in there. And we know how good he can be on his day. It just probably takes a wee that way that wee bit of sort of strength in the middle, if you get what I mean. Two completely different players. So I'd be delighted if Lundstrom was fit, albeit he's not had a great season. Yeah, I think so. I think all three of us are in are in agreement on the, the starting lineup. So there's a couple of people have put their, their theirs in the comments that have got a few a few differences. So Curry Muncher, first of all. McGregor, Tavernier, Goldson, Davies, Barisic, Raskin, Cantwell, Tillman, Kent, Sakala, and Antonio Cholak. To me, that comes across as a bit too attacking from the start. You could see that potentially in the second half if, if it's nil nil at 60 minutes or for, for a goal behind. But I think, Alex, that's probably a bit too, too attacking for me from the off. Yeah, I think the uh, the lack of uh, tracking back and shielding the defence had definitely cost us against that lot. I mean, they you know they're good in possession, good enough to make that eleven uh, really suffer uh, when if and when we lose the ball. So I, I definitely I, I'd I'd at least put another more defensive minded midfielder in there before I uh, put that eleven out to get eaten alive. Yeah, I think Kieran, it's interesting because Paul McGarrigo comes in and he's got. Um, McGregor, Tab, Goldson, Davies, Barisic, Jack, Raskin, Kent, Cantwell, Tillman, Alfie. What do you make of the, I guess, discussion of, of Lundstrom versus Jack? Or, well, Lundstrom versus Jack versus Kamara, I guess, for that um, for that position alongside Raskin? Yeah, let's be honest. I fit Ryan Jack starts every week for our team, but it's been a long, long time since he's been fully fit and firing and had a run of 10 games under his belt. To me, if he's fit and we've got no other choice, I, I just don't think we start Kamara. I, I like him. I think he's been a breath of fresh air again since Bill came in. He's done he's played his best football this season since he came in, but it's a toss-up between Lundstrom and Jack, and I think it's going to come down to who's fit if it's one or the other. But for me... I wouldn't complain if Jack or Lundstrom started. I love Jack. I think he's a great player. I think he's a great asset to the club. But again, injuries. Yeah, I think I think that's fair. I I think it's interesting that Glenn Kamara's had more of a more of a say in the team recently, and I think that actually he might be the potential surprise on on Sunday. I feel expect Nicholas Raskin to start. It will be all around who is going to who's going to join him. Um, right, we're just. Approaching the hour mark at the moment, um, Alex, what's your score prediction for Sunday? Uh, two one to the famous. Is that in normal time, or are we are we got an extra thirty minutes to, to suffer through? Ninety minutes, I think it'll get done, and I think uh, you'll be all safely on the train home from Mount Florida before uh, they get cut off. Yeah, <laughs> Kieran, what about yourself? I think we've sat here and said it's got all the makings of a great game. Both teams are flying at the moment. Um, I, I'm, I'm looking forward to it as a game of football. I'm a bit nervous as a Rangers fan. So, yeah, I'm going blockbuster. Nothing each full time, nothing each extra time, straight to penalties. <laughs> I'm only kidding. I'll take, I'll take 3 1 Rangers in normal time. I'm going adventurous there. There you go. You've went from absolutely nothing to, to absolutely everything there in, in two seconds. But I'm going to go. For, I'm going to go for two one Rangers. I don't. I don't think we're going to be able to keep a clean sheet. But I think it's important. I can't overstate how important it is that we don't concede an early goal. Because if we do concede an early goal, you start chasing the game, and it's probably I'm going to say going to be curtains already. 
by that point. So keep it tight at the back in those early stages and then build our way into the game and, and take control like we did in, in the game the 2nd of January. And I'm confident that we will um, come out lifting, lifting that Scottish League Cup and that first trophy of the season. I think that's everything for us tonight. We'll round off there. Thank you very much, Alex, for joining us. Thank you. Much appreciated. And Kieran, same to yourself. Always a pleasure. Enjoyed it. And thank you very much, everyone, for listening. Please remember to subscribe to the TII YouTube channel, toggle on those notifications, and you'll get an email every single time we go live. In terms of what we've got coming up, this is obviously the preview for the League Cup final, which is kicking off on Sunday at 3pm. Scott Patterson, the team, will be back live on YouTube and Facebook and Twitter at 8pm on Sunday to review to review what happens no matter what the result is. Hopefully that will be a celebratory podcast um, on, on Sunday night and then we'll be back live in our normal bulletin spots on, on Monday at 6.30pm and then next Wednesday at 7pm again as the Rangers train keeps on uh, smashing through another season. Um, thank you very much, everyone, for listening. And until next time, goodbye. Podcast Network. With Lucky Landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to. Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. <gasps> no, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.